Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. Alright, yeah, I know. This episode of Dum De Da is sponsored by Licker You Like on the Felpsham Road. The chap's called Hammered and he's so lovely. Doesn't mind if you come in twice a day. Don't tell anyone, thank you very much. G'day, this is Calypso Archibald. I'm the older sister of Gemme Archibald and the daughter of Millie Bell. And what makes it so interesting, Calypso, is you don't even listen to the archers. Everybody brace yourselves because this is Dum Dum the show about the reality ducky drama that has centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands, which is where I am right now. I am the first cook of spring, that is Royfield Brown, and with me are the one legged East End pigeon, that is. Look, that's your dad calling you. <laughs> oh, God. Dad? <laughs> I'm doing my podcast in, in the spare room. Did you notice that shops here? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, Dan. Thank you for that. I didn't even hear him. That was Daddy. <laughs> I heard Daddy Brown. <laughs> All right. Where should I take this? You back sound to? like a, you sound like a teenager doing your home. Dad, I'm busy. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm talking to my friend, Dad. <laughs> I said, don't come in. Yes, all right. I'll feed the cat now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I need to put a big sign. Do not disturb. <laughs> um, right. And the most important part of our bird spotting competition is you folks. Now, today's rendition of Barrett Green is brought to you for the second week by Calypso Archibald. And it's brought to you for another week by Calypso Archibald because you buggers haven't sent in any fresh ones. So please do that. Now, Lucy. Yes. If they can be fussed, bothered or asked, can you remind our listeners how they can win the accolade of Dumb Dee Dumber of the week? Yes, give us a ring on 02030313105 to sing us a dumpty dum. Get in touch via SpeakPipe with your plot predictions or your suggestions for where Pip might like to go with points awarded for the furthest possible destination. Uh, thank you to Harriet at Shambridges for her fantastic voices and to Derek for the loan in the back bedroom. Derek has been extremely busy with local politics this week, getting ready for May the 7th. I asked him if he'd enjoyed the hustings and he said he didn't know as he'd never husted. That joke's lost on me, but no, it's probably rude. 
It's not rude. It's not. It's not. Oh, it's not. okay. No, no. All right. Okay. Yes, there you well, go. you know, do you remember a couple of weeks ago we said that um, there'll be no mention of the elections? Yes. There no. was, though, wasn't there? Mm. Pip and Danakin. Because Pip doing a, oh, I don't know. Does it? Does it involve me in any way? No? Well, then I'm not interested. Stupid. <laughs> I didn't really see that as being kind of true to Pip's character because I would have thought Pip would have been very. She's into the young farmers. I think she would. I think she would know uh, uh, agricultural politics. Absolutely, she'd she'd be she'd be exercised to vote. It'd be a first time voting, and you know she's into rural life and politics. So I didn't quite believe that. I think they've just been told to haul in. Um, yeah. So you know Jamie Perks, yes, absolutely, exactly. Uh, exactly. But not they've just been told, haven't they? They've had a line down, right? Come on, you've got to do a bit of youth vote. Mm. So they just picked those two. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, this week we have calls from Andrew Horn. He's all worried about Grundy. Have you had your lunch with Andrew? Not yet. Mm, okay. Still haven't had my lunch with anybody. Not just that I'm to... going to tell you when I have, but anyway, I haven't. Why wouldn't you? Because you'll be all stupid and make no, me won't. flustered. No, won't. I think it's really nice that he's taking you out for lunch. Mm. Dusty. <laughs> <laughs> Yokel Bear is disappointed at the Rob storyline and all. Mm. Wasn't that a turn up? Mm. Uh, John Jeffries, who disappointed me. John, you're supposed to call in and say you're John the Third. But anyway, John Jeffries, who thinks we may have Rob wrong. Cosmo, who doesn't know where he is. And in Witherspoon's corner. We have an analysis of our Lillian. And yes, everybody, we got her rage spectacularly wrong. So stop tweeting and emailing us. But anyway, Lucy. Yes. Before we go to the calls, why don't you tell us about the last week in Ambridge? Okay. spotting battle between Robert and Jimus continues apace with them getting their tits muddled, largely. And FYI, cuckoos are not beautiful, Robert. They look like massive, stupid pigeons. Robert has added into his Robin Cook impersonation the distinct impression that he is constantly about to burp. Maybe instead of referring to Jim as a great tit, he should be investing in a course of Zantac. Rob tried to persuade Tom that Helen couldn't do anything as they were 100% of the time rogering to impregnate Helen. <laughs> Tom immediately trotted off to Helen to say, Is this true then that you and Rob are doing make a baby bouncy bouncy? Rob did his usual, but I did it for you, Helen. Tony is lusting after bulls again. You'd think he'd have learnt, but no. And he's bought one because he liked the look of its arse or something. I couldn't make out what he was saying through the dribble. Anyway, he's bought the damn thing from someone called Madden. A Madden Bull has three months in a coma, taught the man nothing. Anyway, in other mm. mad cow news, Pat and Helen have decided to move the shop permanently into Bridge Farm and sell hand-knitted yoghurt and cheese made from the scrapings of the reed sewage system. Uh, then there was a really, really, really funny bit where it was, like, hilarious because Tom suggested Tony could help with the teas at the cricket because he can't play. And that was really funny because only women can pour tea. Seriously. <gasps> hilarious man doing the teas. Imagine how long I'd last at that, he said hilariously. Well, once they'd realised <laughs> Tony had a penis, even one in plaster, and that would get in the way of the spout or something, he wouldn't work at all. Anyway, <laughs> that was very, very, very funny. <laughs> Can I just say, though, it was really nice to have um, 
mention of the cricket team because um, I did opine some weeks ago that we needed to get back to normalcy yes. In, yes. and and hearing about Single cricket. Well, I don't like that so much. But just the Ambridge cricket team. Yeah. All things are right with the world if Ambridge is playing yes. cricket again. Mm. Anyway, crack on, Lucy. That was my mum. She just opened the door and stared at me <laughs> and thinking, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> Moyfield, why are you talking to yourself? <laughs> oh, ooh, that's quite good. <laughs> I know. Oh. I've been... What? 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 Why don't you crack on with the rest of your monologue why? in your posh West Indian... I Go. No, go on. Go on. That's no, very no, no. good. Um, anyway, then Pip mm. played Gooseberry with Adam and Charlie, who went off mm. to look at some farm technology nonsense. Pip had a lovely time slagging off her parents, saying how boring they were for wanting to stay back at the farm, messing about, doing the milking and shoveling shit about, when they could be getting to grips with proper farming by eating ostrich burgers and watching grown men spy on each other's Volvos with drones. <laughs> back at home farm... Adam was getting stuck into the U-bends at the Pickers Caravans and he just snapped his marigolds on when Charlie rang and said, come over, I've got something to show you. Adam raced over there. Charlie said it was a video. Adam got even more excited and said, hang on, if it's Daryl, does Darrington. I've already seen it. But sadly, <laughs> it was just some bloke. Sorry, that'd be Daryl Dosses in Darrington. <laughs> but sadly, it was just some bloke in Ohio wittering on about grazing systems. Eddie distressed Clary's sideboard and then distressed Clary when she saw it. Eddie, who seems to have reverted to his original character arc as village idiot, has repaired the thing with some of Baggy's leftover timber. But however appalling it looks, they may need to hang on to it, as they'll be living in it if Hazel Slitheen gets her way. Danakin Skywalker squired his mother round the village, holding her shopping bags with his great big shoulders and his great big hands. To be honest, it's a relief Shula set her sights on Dr. Dick. She made Alistair a sandwich, then threw a wobbly because he didn't have time to eat it. Then she said, I'm going into Felpsham and I want to tell you about it, and was surprised when he didn't scream with delight, sit down with his little hands clasped and shout, Tell me, tell me, I can't wait! So, off Shula went for her brief encounter with Dr. Dick in the coffee shop. Shula, darling, you look beautiful. That packamack brings out your eyes. <laughs> oh, Richard, don't. I can't bear it. How is your wife? I don't have a wife. She's gone. Oh, Richard, don't be sad. I can't bear a droopy dick. She said uh, <laughs> she said she would just have a flat white, and Dr. Dick said there was no need to be personal. She invited Dr. Dick for lunch and then got cross when Alistair didn't wet himself with excitement at the prospect of that either. What we need is for Dr. Dick to get his head through Lizzie's tent flaps and that'll sort the miserable old cow out. <laughs> Lillian's new face is not going very well. Well, we can't tell if it's going well or not, really, as she looks like a Siamese cat in a high wind. But anyway, she took her new face out for a drink to a wine bar in Felpsham. But they had a row and came back again. Jenny Darling suggested that Lillian took her mind off it by suggesting she joined the Flood Action Group on the grounds that its acronym is FAG, presumably. So now we have the Save Campaign and the Flood Action Group, both clumping round to each other's houses, eating each other's biscuits, waving clipboards about importantly and talking about social media and strategy. Why don't they combine? They could then be Fag Save, which surely would appeal to Lillian. <laughs> and then we have a temporary conclusion to the Rob Spawn story. He is not the daddy, allegedly. Did he fake Told the letter? Ya. Yeah. Did he Told fake? Ya. <laughs> Did Told he... you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did he fake the letter? Did he fake the test? As long as he fakes off, I don't care. Finally, over at Brooker's, Pip 
dropped back in on her way out to an acoustic session with Danakin Skywalker, just casually to let everyone know that she was contemplating a job in Kuala Lumpur farming zinnias, as prompted by Charlie Bob's spreadsheet. See you then, Pip. Don't let the door hit you up the arse on your way out. We look forward to you returning as a baritone with a German accent. The end! I told you, didn't I? You did. I did. I told you. Um, but we need, to, we need to... There's a lot to talk about. Mm. That, the, the, the Rob thing we're talking about, yes? Yes. yes. And the terrible news is for Helen, this is going to make him worse because she is yeah. going to trust him 110% now. Even if there's only 1% of nagging doubt in yeah. her mind that he wasn't a knight in shining yeah. armour, he's got rid of that. So yeah. things are going to get worse and he's going to be strutting around. You know, I told you so, I told you so. But um, we, I knew. I knew it. I knew it. I called it. Mm, you did. Um, also, can I just quickly say, I loved your little bit of brief encounters in the middle of that. <laughs> that was an homage, darling. To, oh, not to brief encounter. It was actually oh. an homage to Round the Horn. Where oh. they used to do these two characters called, oh God, Celia, Dame Celia Molestranger and Binky <laughs> Strangler and Binky Huckerback. <laughs> and they used to do this, hell, oh, darling. I feel for you, I long for you, and let, I hate you, and things like that. And it was, it was very, very, very funny. So it, that was more of that, really, than Briefing but the, I'm yeah, not good but, enough to write but take, But they take it from Briefing Counter. They do. Take so I was right, then. Yes, you were. If you said I was wrong, I was right. So, <laughs> sorry. Yes. This and whole then, podcast is just descending into you going, you see, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you were right. Well, it's like when people email in or tweet and they say, I actually agreed with Royfield for a change. And it's a case of people sound so surprised. I am the voice of moderation and reason. And yes, you're right way more than me. Mm, absolutely. I get carried away. Mm. I'm the grounded one. You're the now, voice of boring realism, you are. Grounded. Anyway, <laughs> can I also say, we talked about accents a couple of weeks ago, and I switched on my Bakelite radio halfway through an episode this week and didn't know who was talking to who and I'm yeah. not just saying that I had no idea for and for those of seconds. you that have not yet heard Sunday's episode brace yourself because there's another one <laughs> <laughs> I it was Danakin and New Pip yeah. I had no <laughs> idea <laughs> I was like, who, who are you this? people somebody <laughs> tweeted the other day could they introduce themselves do you think <laughs> hello this is Pip I will now speak <laughs> I honestly, honestly. But when 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 no the thing idea. happened that happened last night, mm. I was just sat, stared at them, and I said, "You have got to be joking!" When I, <laughs> oh my god, another one! Oh, I don't know what they're playing at. It's just like they've they've, they've are they taking people off a conveyor belt or something? <laughs> Privately school educated people from the home <laughs> counties. Even the pitch and the tone and everything. God. Anyway. Well, the thing is, though, to, to give, to cut um, cut them a little bit of slack, you know, the casting directors down there, you know, we're dealing with a bit of the country, which is in a place where a lot of people do speak like that, and a social strata where a lot of people are going to speak like that. So if it's going to be authentic, eh, you know. Yeah, but... It's not, it's, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's not just the accent. I mean, Jim has an RP accent and so does Robert Snell. 
But mm. Robert Snell sounds like Robin Cook now for some reason. It's like going all... And, uh, and Jimus just sounds lovely. He has a great voice. Mm. They're both RP, but they're completely distinctive and different voices. All the young ones, the tone and the pitch is exactly the same. It's like they're all imitating each other. Fair, fair call, Lucy. It was all the more reason why we need to get old Harriet on soon. Yes. To well, let's let, let old Harriet. Let's not call her old Harriet. That's a bit disparaging. But um, no, like her old mucker. Mean. Yes, but uh, uh, I think she's up to her armpits in labour at the minute. So mm. let's let her have the baby, oh. and then we'll get her on. Right, there's a Labour Party manifestos. Right. Is she handing them out? She certainly has a Labour manifesto, yes. She's <laughs> hoping it's going to be sooner than May the 7th, I think, because she's fed up. But anyway, we'll see. Right, now, just before we get to the calls, I just have to say a couple of things. Mm. I saw the Avengers not once, but twice. That's the first thing I've got to say. Okay. second thing I've got to say right, is um, Thunderbirds. You don't know how happy I am that Thunderbirds is back on TV. I do, because you've been banging on on Twitter about it with Not about Thunderbirds, King Bank Carrier. No, 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 no. Oh, no. somebody you were talking about Thunderbirds. No, not about Thunderbirds. Okay. No, we were talking about um, superhero stuff. And we were talking about Miss Marvel, the new... Um, she's from Jersey. She's a teenager and she's Muslim and she's most awesome and she's a superhero and um, the comic has been going great guns because we're talking about portrayals of ethnic minorities uh, in the media uh, off the back of this show and he brought to my attention that John Stewart not uh, the presenter on Comedy Central but there's a, a comic book superhero called John Stewart who's a Green Lantern and Neil Adams he's created by a guy called Neil Adams and Neil Adams uh, created him and said, right, we're going to break all the stereotypes here. He's going to be black. He's not going to have a dodgy criminal past. He's not going to be hip and cool and jive. He's mm. going to be called John Stewart. And he's going to be just a regular guy. And I wasn't aware of that. And uh, Stephen spoke, uh, tweeted to me about that off the back of what I said about ethnic portrayals within the media. Oh, yeah. And also ethnic and minorities um, off the back of talking about Adam and um, Ian. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Charlie, but Ooh, not quite Freud, yes. I was like, yes, exactly. I was like, hmm. next week, anyway. yes. This week, no. Anyway, so we're talking about minority portrayals, and then we went on to talking about ethnic minority portrayals, and it was it was most good. So uh, we talked about Miss Marvel, and 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 basically there has been this long kind of trope uh, within comic books are if there are if there is a black hero they're either an african prince or princess you got the black panther or storm in the x-men or the other trope is they were involved in some level of criminality but then came good so that's the falcon and that's power man etc and um one of the reasons why miss marvel is so popular is number one she's muslim and she's a teenager, so it's very much in the mold, mold of kind of Spider-Man, where you get kind of teenage angst and whatever. Yeah. But um, she's from uh, she's from New Jersey. I always think it's hilarious that Spider-Man is a teenager and shoots sticky white stuff out from his fingers, <laughs> and no one. <laughs> it's not exactly difficult to trace that, is it? But anyway, never mind. Carry on. Sorry. I had never thought of that. Really? No, never thought of that. Such a mucky mind. Such a no, mucky it's mind. just it's just 
know, to me, it's just the epitome of adolescence. Mm. Anyway, carry on! But Sorry. anyway, I've really had uh, really come to the end uh, of, of that kind of like little bit of a uh, monologue segue. But um, I did see The Avengers twice, and it is very big and very spectacular. And the truth of the matter is, I didn't really enjoy it as much as I wanted to enjoy it. Oh, yes. And I don't think this... Simon did either. Hmm? I don't well, think Simon did either. This kind of you'll have to share. Back... You'll have to share reviews with him because he was a bit... Mm. I'm getting a little bit fed up of the world world being in peril. Yeah. I don't want the world to be in peril. I think we're all fed up with that, but in a very real sense, Roy, <laughs> not just kind of in pretend. It was just very big. The world was in peril. And I said, oh, God, here we go again. Where's you the flower and produce, you said? Where is the single wicket? Exactly. Let's have the single wicket exactly. in peril. Which is the reason why I so adored Daredevil, because... Daredevil is on such a small scale, and if you just go with the fact that a man can be blind but have heightened senses, so he can um, do things with his, his other heightened senses, everything's pretty real. He gets punched in the face by a baddie, next day he's got a bruise on his face. You know, it's that real. And this was just all a bit kind of, ugh. however, the Hulk and the Black Widow. Uh, was actually kind of quite touching. There's some lovely moments there. So anyway, we're talking about... I've just about... realised, you know, mm-hmm. I've just realised this this whole cartoon... Th- sorry, not cartoon. What, what do you call it? You, you're not allowed Super to say cartoon. Heroes. Superheroes thing. It's mm. you're Miss Marvel and I'm Miss Marple. That's kind of the, the main <laughs> difference between us, isn't it? And it sums us both up quite nicely. Marvel That's and Marple. Good. That Should we set up a detective good. agency? Marvel and Marple. That Inquiries. Works. That works. We'll have to have a theme tune. We can't have another theme. We've got so many flipping theme tunes now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. We need to ha- we need to have a chatette. Well, yes, we need to have a. Mm. I need to say something. Go. I am very very disappointed in mm. the callers this week. In fact, I'm disappointed oh. in the callers and I'm disappointed in the arches itself. This oh. week was a sec a, a completely sexist week in Ambridge, and some of the callers are really sec are being really sexist this week as well. Mm. I don't know what is going on, but I don't well, like it. Cease and desist, or you will have me to answer to. Well, right. I don't think the archers, the pairs that being the archers, are bothered about answering to us. So you bloody bothered so about anything. Oh, did you see the response, by the way? Which response? From the open letter. Uh, from, from BBC at, at the archers, yes. yes who said, yes, yes, yes. yes. No, please address your thing to the press office. So then I said, mm. who will then immediately send them to the editor? And there was no reply. <laughs> So but yes, but I we think... should at least uh, do that. So at least then we can yes. then moan and drone well, on. Well, Cosmo but... suggests in his mm. call that mm. uh, we put in requests for every single cast member of the Archers. So put in like 43 requests, including Clive Horribin, Scruff, everybody else, <laughs> to, to come on the show. <laughs> and then he said then they'll have to answer each one individually. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> uh, right. Yes. Uh, now but we I've... need to talk about Rob. I know you've uh, said, yes, 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 I win. Mm. Are we what, talking about Rob now? Yes. And what not the you, calls? No. What do you think is going... Because I think mm. the baby's not his. I don't think he faked the letter. I think the baby's not his. And I think that... Uh, but I do think that they had sex. Yeah. And I, I think that this is somehow that Jess will find some way to be the avenging angel or 
And that will happen at the same time as there's some sort of crisis if he hits Henry. Mm. That's what I think. Well, let, let's let's go back slightly. As I said before, um, this is actually going to make things much worse for Helen mm. because he he's going to feel like he's a man who's been wronged, but he's been vindicated. You know, so he's going to have, you know, so he's going to feel very much emboldened. Uh, so he can, um, whenever he's questioned at all going yeah. forward, it's going to, you know, that did you? Did, I thought that was lovely, more. that bit where she said, oh, thank goodness for that, that's a relief. And he said, well, so you didn't believe me? And she mm. said, oh, yes, yes, I did. I'm just saying it's a relief. And he said, well, why is it a relief? If So you did, you know, did mm. you ever think that it was true? And, oh, dear. He's, I tell you what, though. His his response was very much the response of somebody who, if he is somebody who hadn't actually had sex uh, with, you know, with yeah. the person who's claiming him to be the father, you know, he was very much like, well, I told you, yeah, you know, so but he must have had sex because he wouldn't have sweated because he's sweated on the phone to her once or twice, hasn't yes, he? Yes, yes. You know, he has, he has. Yeah. Um, however, his response was just, you know, to negate, you know, all of the past, you know, but he has kind of worried. Yeah. So he has had sex with her, but um, I don't know what this means vis-a-vis Jess. I really don't know. And kind of I don't really care because I'm not emotionally invested in her. You know, I, as I said many moons ago, she wasn't quite right. Now... If she's having to have sex with somebody else, doesn't mean that she's all wrong, but there was something not quite right. So, you know, the, there were those little Easter eggs laid mm. uh, by the by the scriptwriters for us, which, you know, some of us did pick up on. Move on with Jess, because I don't really care about her. Um, I care about Helen, and um, I kind of care about Henry, and that's where things are going to get really yeah. ugly. Yeah, yes. Oh, yes. Right. But, it's been played and written so well. Yeah. So well. I say it all the time, but it, yeah. but it really is. And I'm glad that they've put the easy or isn't either baby thing to bed now. Um, but it, it has been, it's been a, a, a prop. Uh, no, not props, wrong word. The reason for this is to accelerate his, his controllingness and his nastiness. Yeah. You know, going forward. Yes. Right. Right, so you do some calls. Yes. Hello, Ambridge3962. Hi there, everyone. Andrew Horn here. Just a quick observation for this week with two points. I absolutely agree that the Grundies are being built up for another fall. Um, Hazel redoing their cottage to a high standard isn't it obvious she'll double the rent now i'm sure one of our legal friends will uh, tell us what protection they may or may not have under their tenancy agreement but um, i see they'll be camping on the green before long and um, second point i agree with cosmo i was confused as to why shula was flirting with uh, pc harassment uh, carp and burns until i realized that actually it was uh, dr dick vocally they're too similar Anyway, uh, that's it for me this week. Have fun. Bye. Andrew Horn says, I know, Andrew, he's worried about the Grundies, said the rent's going to double. What you know about renting and things, don't you? Because you rent your house out. What protection do the Grundies have? 
if Hazel the Slovene suddenly doubles the rent <laughs> or whatever. Minute, one minute, Lucy's my dad again. Come in. Are you going out? No, you've got to go to breakfast. Yeah, yeah, but I've got to finish what I'm doing. I'm recording, Dad. Uh. <laughs> yes, that, that's my dad. I love this. Can your dad be on every weekend? <laughs> I, I really need to put a sign on the door. <laughs> he's gone downstairs and said to your mum, he's not eating and he's still talking to himself. <laughs> That's what I thought because he's holding his jacket. It looked ah. like he was about to go out. I was about to abandon you if he's going to go somewhere. I'm still flash. doing this, Dad. I'm still doing it. I'm talking to the people. Dad, you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I'm lost now. Oh, yes. Rent. Hazel. Mm. I don't know because um, there could well be something within their tenancy. Um, you know what? I don't know, Lucy. I don't. I don't know, and I don't want to. And make, we're going to have Usha back, aren't we? It could mm. be another. Who do we know who could fix everything? Oh, I know Usha. <laughs> yeah, the lawyer who deals with every facet of law. I specialise in pretty much everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, all I do. I don't keep on banging on about San Francisco because it's fast becoming a, a distant memory. But one of the big surprises of being over there is the amount of rent control properties there are. And you'd think America, the home of capitalism, there'd be no such thing. Mm. But there are swathes of Manhattan and um, and San Francisco, just the two places that spring to mind where there are rent controls. But it's quite peculiar and it really does distort the market. I.e. over there, um, a property that's been built before 1979 can be rent controlled. And what that means is that the landlord can only put up the rent by 1% a year, full stop. If that building is built after 1979, it's a free for all. So you have this weird situation now because rental, um, the property, uh, the price of property, sorry, in San Francisco has gone through the roof since 2008. So basically since the uh, economy tanked, uh, property prices in San Francisco, just like London, didn't, and they were propped up by the tech industry in San Francisco. So what's hap- what happens now is that a landlord will turn round to a tenant in a rent-controlled property and offer them anywhere between fifty thousand US dollars to over a hundred thousand to leave. Really? Absolutely. Because what they want to do is get them all out of the property. Yeah. Because then they sell them off to developers. Yeah. Because they'll get much yeah. more money. Yeah. So. I had dinner with uh, Jennifer and Eric, and Jennifer is a dum dum listener, and I had this friend there, Mary, and said she was offered just last year $125,000 to leave <gasps> the flat. Flaming yes. Nora! Yeah. So it has these really weird effects because there is massive pressure on um, uh, to get rid of these rent-controlled yeah. houses, and they were absolutely there to help... Um, support service workers support workers the working class etc and now you have uh, the massed hordes of silicon valley descending and there just isn't the housing stock there just isn't so landlords are being uh, tapped up by property developers saying i'll give you x amount a million for for this place landlords just have to get people out and and they are going because you know you're offered a six-figure sum 
Right. And uh, and people are taking it. But, you know, the other distorting effect of this is that Mary said that within her block, there was this old woman that died just last year and been in there since the 1930s and was paying $300 a month rent. Wow. Yeah. You know, and she was sitting there quite pretty until she died. No money was going to get her out. And then she died. And the landlord thought, good. Yeah. You know, and has left the place empty. Right. You know, yeah, I just want to get rid of every, you know, just get everybody yeah. out of the block and sell it on for developers. Yeah. So, mm. so I don't know what that means for the Grundys. <laughs> <laughs> Are they planning on going to San Francisco or New York in the near future? I don't. Know. I, I'm presuming that they they're going to have um, either a 12 month. Uh, or six months. Six. I, I just don't know. Are we going to have six know. months of hand wringing, aren't we, with them trying to work out where they're going to go? Oh. Mm. It's weird though, how because Eddie went through a phase. He definitely sort of perked up in the last sort of two years. He hasn't had any major disasters. He'd kind of been jogging along. He mm. he'd kind of got his sort of work sorted out. He hadn't done any more stupid skit apart from the flipping turkey fortune telling. He hadn't done anything that daft, and certainly nothing that made Clary do one of her oh Eddie things. You know, he'd sort of been relatively uh, on on the on the straight and narrow and sort of on an even keel. She says, mixing her metaphors wildly. But then. Um, but now he seems to have gone straight. You know, he hasn't paid the insurance. He's, you know, he's had stupid ideas about this sideboard thing. He's cobbling that together. He's sort of gone back. He's encouraged Ed to get into debt. He's kind of reverted back to his old character, seems to have done anyway. Mm, well, bit sort I of think, feckless. I think the insurance thing is, is a little bit harsh because the Grundys have always kind of, kind of scratched around. Yes. And, yeah. and if you know your living is one where you are barely just above subsistence which is the you know the one of, of the the Grundys other than will you know you're not going to be paying your insurance you're just not no you're just not no you know because you can't afford to yeah. so I wouldn't beat him up too much about that um, and with the sideboard I thought Clary was a bit mean actually because you know he he knew how important it was to her it was a mess and he's trying to get it into some kind of workable shape and, she, and for me, she just happened to walk into the room at the, at the wrong at the wrong. Yeah, time. but he's using leftover timber from Baggy for crying out loud, you know. <laughs> from from it's not, it's a, <laughs> Why doesn't he just wait and but you know do it properly? Say I can't do it yet. I'm going, you know. It's just, well, he, she walked into the with, room at the wrong Eddie, time. Eddie, it is always the triumph of hope over experience. Always, always, always. That's his story, isn't it? But. I like the fact that there's more Grundys. Yeah. Um, you know, because they did, you know, they did somewhat kind of disappear for a whole. Well, otherwise, period. it would be an everyday story of middle class folk who are doing very nicely. Thank you very much. And why, why would you have a problem with that? Because that's your life, Lucy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I want to know what to hear about people who are struggling. I want to feel in touch with the little people, Royfield. <laughs> 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 yokel Bear. Yokel Bear. Yokel Bear. Mm. He agrees with you. He uh, says Ian's too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talked about the Rob thing and said millions of Archer's people went, eh? What? <laughs> he found out he's not the father. Um, but yes, who knows? Who knows? Who knows where that's going to go? But I hope it gets there quickly, whatever is going to happen. Next, mm. we have uh, first time caller in Now, Hi, this is John from Minneapolis. Uh, 
calling in for the first time. So to do some catch up, uh, I'm a librarian. Uh, I've been listening since Jude and Pip were dating uh, that tumultuous time in the Archer's life. And my favorite character is Jim and his penchant for crossword puzzling with Christine. Uh, I'm calling in today to question whether or not Rob Tishner has been getting a, a bum rap. Uh, I'm wondering if instead of being an abusive monster, he might just be a bit of a jerk. And this is in light of the revelation on Friday that he is not actually the father of Jess's baby. And I was thinking about that recently, about how Jess and his relationship never gave off an abusive vibe. It did come off as being a relationship that was ending, but, but nothing that seemed as evil or malicious as people are thinking is going on with him and Helen. So I'm wondering if we haven't got Rob wrong. Uh, so I'd be interested to hear people's thoughts on that. And just to thank you all for a great show over here in Minneapolis. Uh, don't find a lot of Archer's listeners, so I really appreciate the community of all the people calling in and Roy Field and Lucy for putting the show together. This is where things get sticky. John Jeffries, who sounds an extremely nice man. He does. Librarian from Minneapolis. Um, Was it Minneapolis or Minnesota? Minneapolis. Oh, okay. Uh, he... Which is in Minnesota. Yes. It's uh, Lake Wobegon country. He said uh, that his favourite character... Prince is from there too. Who is? Prince. Is he? Mm-hmm. Is he? Yep. Blimey. Yep. Well, you can see what kind of a Lutheran background does to you. John, I, I, I love you. You sound very nice, but you are so wrong, I could smack you in the face. Just because Rob mm. was not discovered for having sex or not and impregnating or not his wife. This does not mean that his behaviour towards Helen, regardless of the whole whether or not he shacked, what he did with his willy is, is, is immaterial. Making somebody feel small, controlling their life, making them feel anxious, making them feel insecure, making them apologise for not being able to read your mind controlling them to the extent that he is pinning her down in this tiny little box so that she can't breathe without his permission that is hostile it is violent and it is abusive and so you're wrong 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 um so we haven't given him a hard time comparatively we've given him an easy time because the man I'm is gonna, vile uh, lucy lucy i don't like rob Right, but I'm gonna, and please, people, listen to everything I'm about to say here. <laughs> I'm gonna stand up for for John, even though he didn't call himself John the Third as he should have when he called. Right, but I'm gonna stand up for John a little here. There's a massive difference between um, what Rob has actually done and how evil he is, and where we, as the listeners, know or at least believe the storyline is gonna go. So we're actually crucifying him on future sins that we perceive no. he's going to commit. No. We are. We no. are. We're because Lucy, 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 please, please, come on. If you actually analyse everything that Rob has done, uh, take the Hunt Sabotage, take that completely to one side, because that's just another thing to say that, you know, this man has a terrible temper, there's all this suppressed rage, etc., etc. But these are the Helen right here and now. She's still actually working in, in the shop. She is. 
right? He is being a father to Henry, and so far, a pretty decent one. He picks him up from nursery. Um, Henry actually likes spending time with him, reads him stories, etc. Yes, there is the odd episode, the terrible thing about the putting in the uh, the lemon juice in, in, in the whatever, you know, a couple of weeks back and, you know, deliberately. The man is not right. However, these are not hanging offences yet. But we, as the listeners, know that there's good because, you know, all the signs are going to lead to an ugly and terrible place. But he actually hasn't done anything vis-a-vis Helen um, and Whoa, 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 whoa. What that says to me is Mm. that you have never been in a position where somebody has tried to systematically dismantle your personality. Listen, I'm not saying that he isn't trying to do that. But But I'm saying... that is enough, isn't it? That is enough. Lucy, Lucy. Are you going to mansplain it to me? No, 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 I'm not at all. I don't like the man. Right, but oh, you went all Brixton then. I don't like the man (laughs) in it though. (laughs) He ain't right. You get me. (laughs) But what I'm saying is, is that the genius, one of the many genius things about the portrayal of this relationship is that so many things could just be passed off as um, acceptable. You know, he wants Helen to have a baby he's just looking out for her. he's just worried about her now we as the listeners are putting two and two together and saying haha you know he's you going to... even know. because you keep on saying you keep on saying he's going to hit henry now when kerry came on all those months ago he very clearly said rob loves henry Okay, so there's obviously what's been written into the character is that this man does love Henry, and that is writ large. He plays with Henry, etc. Okay, right here and now, literally, what could we uh, crucify the man for? Two or three instances, yes, but these are not hanging offences. They are not, and I'm mixing my metaphors all over the place now. It's because we are the listeners to this drama and we have a wider sense of where this story is going but right here and now if i if i can com- completely if you understand systematically remove people's support systems so that the only person they can rely on is you i understand lucy i understand that but is he actually has rob actually said right you cannot leave the house you no, can't of course he hasn't life. there you go then even someone as dense as Helen would twig that was there was something up with that. It's because it is subtle. But because it's subtle it doesn't mean so it's well, not real. I'm not but, disputing the fact that it's well written and blah 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 blah. Of course mm. it is. All the ambiguity is fantastic. That's this is this is why it's horrible, because it is accurate. But you can't Do say you... that he is not abusive just because she's not walking around with a black eye. I didn't we say he wasn't giving I, him listen, an I easy wasn't ride. Being, I didn't say that he wasn't being abusive. And I think, okay, and I'll say this. You said something which is very pertinent. I haven't been in a relationship where somebody systematically tried to control them. I haven't. Or at least... If- Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. If I have, I've been aware of it. And a lot of this is to do with the fact that I'm listening to this and I'm a man and you listen to this and you are a woman. So there's certain dog whistles that many of the female listeners pick up on before the male ones did. Absolutely, absolutely. And that is because of the power disparity, you know, within semi-relationships. Absolutely. But again, I just repeat that actually, if you were to write this down on a, on a, ledger, a ledger sheet and say, right, shitbag Rob, this is actually what he's done vis-a-vis Helen and actually supportive partner, I think he'd be pretty much balanced up right now. That's all I'm saying. We but we know where this is going. I don't like that. Please, listeners, do not think that I'm supporting Rob here. But that ambiguity uh, is, dare I say, very uh, true to life. And and I just I just think when we say you know stupid Helen and oh my God and blah blah blah, you know, it's much more complex than that. Here is a woman who has been crying out all of her adult life for, for, for somebody. You know, she just for wanted- For daddy, that's who she wants. Well, she wanted somebody. That's the reason why she had to go and have the IVF and have, and have Henry, wasn't it? Mm. You know, and then who was that guy that she had a very, very, very brief relationship with? He just ran a mile, Yeah. didn't he? He went, yeah. uh, no, this isn't yeah. quite right. I'm off yeah. after like the second date whatever she is incredibly needy and fragile and broken and this is pre-rob you know this is pre-greg but men like why rob did, identify why did, women like her well i don't know if they do it yes they do yes, i don't they i said do. i don't i said i don't know well I'm not i do saying... know and they do so <laughs> <laughs> let's take this is... into an adult sphere and blow <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Helen Archer said it said it before. One of the most complex and 
most brilliant characters actually on on the artist you know the the, the female listeners don't like her but then feel incredibly uh, defensive yeah. uh, and protective towards her and uh, she I think the actress that plays a brilliant job yeah. and she's yeah. just ri- ri- written so well written so yeah. well and that arguably arguably uh, through all of the um, Roy and Elizabeth stuff and um, and on all the Tom and stuff and whatever you could arguably say the last two, three years have actually been the Helen Archer show. You could arguably say that yeah. because her, she's been pretty much a constant and her yeah. storyline has been so compelling. That's true, actually. I hadn't thought of how many storylines she's mm. been. Yeah. She's, just, she's just been there solidly for about yeah. two or three years. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, right, John, you've sparked a massive argument, so we <laughs> will stop now. Uh, yes, Cosmo. Hello Dumpty Dum, Cosmo here again. Got a bit confused last week and my Canadian holiday is over a week away, so you should be hearing from me next week. On Friday, we all heard that Jess was mistaken and that Rob, whilst capable of helping a hunt saboteur to the ground, is not the daddy. He is simply trying to keep his promise to Tony and Pat to look after Helen. No doubt, Goddess Diva will be turning down her demands this week. I am, however, worried about Helen's memory. How come she could not remember New Year when Ian, one of her best friends, asked about something going on between Adam and Charlie? And on top of that, she never had the discussion with Rob over the new farm shop before she agreed that, yes, it would all be opened. Can I hope that Pip does go on her travels, if only to remove that very annoying voice, which doesn't fit, and while she's away, hopefully she can be recast with a new best friend. If she does go, Charlie deserves our praise and thanks for achieving it. I noted Lucy's explanation last week about the silly mind games Shula is inflicting on Alistair, and of which he is totally unaware. Is there any justification for such treatment of a spouse? It merely supports my belief that explaining a woman's thought processes is beyond rational comprehension. Men are simply not that devious. Alan Lerner had it right when he penned the words for Henry Higgins, asking why women cannot be more like a man. Anyway, I banged on last week about music, so I'd better go before I exceed my welcome. No financial stuff this week. Just send a request for each and every cast member to the Radio 4 press office, because that's what they're telling you to do, and you can have someone different on each week. Can you start off by asking for scruff, please? No, I thought not. Anyway, still enjoying the podcast, still enjoying hearing everyone each week, uh, and I look forward to being able to catch up with you uh, when I get back. Bye for now. Cosmo, Cosmo, doesn't Mm. know where he is. He thinks he may be going on holiday, but he can't remember where to. Um, <laughs> and this is another sexist comment. Oh, dear. Because, because of last week, I said that Shula was playing silly games with Alistair. And mm. um, saying, oh, well, right, if you don't like my souffle, then right, that's it. That's absolutely fine. I can go off and, and, and have an affair. I wasn't saying, he's saying, men would never do that because they're not that devious and that's a pile of bollocks quite frankly Cosmo um, <laughs> I wasn't 
it's being devious in a relationship and self-justifying like crazy is not the province of the female it is people do that in relationships everybody bargains all the time and uh yes i words fail me that you think only uh uh women could do that yes anyway i think we better move on from that to um he wants scruff on the podcast by the way if we can sort that out um uh with a spoon's corner oh talking about scruff did you? I, I know you, you listen. You're a woman of a certain kind of so, social breeding, Lucy. So you don't watch ITV, do you? No. Mm. So you won't know about this talking dog on Britain's Got Talent. No. So we could actually have Scruff on. <laughs> <laughs> I only saw the clip because I don't watch Britain's Got Talent, but I saw the clip on Gogglebox uh, a couple of weeks ago, and there's this guy with his dog, and apparently he's asking the dog questions and dogs talking back to him it was just it was amazing absolutely amazing at what point so. was he sectioned <laughs> well it's obviously some kind of ventriloquism thing and lead bobbly but i don't know it, it, was, it was just very good and they were just everyone goggle box was like oh my god the dog's talking <laughs> believe in it no <laughs> the dog's talking <laughs> And it's you real. ask me why it's I don't real. watch ITV. Flaming Emily. <sighs> yes. Right, well, we'll get Scruff on then. Yes. Presuming he doesn't have to get bloody permission. Well, if he's going to talk like a dog in Gogglebox, he will. Well, on, on Britain's Got Talent, he will. We could get Scruff on. We could also get Tig on as well, couldn't we? <laughs> Who else? We want to get, the, get the, the one remaining llama on as well. Yep, and the one remaining of Peggy Woolley's cats. Mm, Bin yeah. or Ben, whichever one it is, I can't remember. Someone will know. <laughs> Emailing. Uh, right, with a spoon's corner. Oh, what minute? Was it Wolfgang or Constanza that we got left? Constanza. Mm, okay. You're good, Lucy. But then again, it's 50 50 chance you're correct. <laughs> <laughs> right, with a spoon's corner. Now we have the Fraser music. Blinky, 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 blinky. I really like that. It made me laugh. I was driving down the A1 and that came on and I laughed my little head off. I did. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Come here, Angus. Hey, dudes and dudettes. I mean, Royfield and Lucy and everyone else. Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. So my brother's wedding went off without a hitch. It was a beautiful, warm, sunny day with no floods, torn marquees, tainted ice cream, marauding bison, business rivals snogging in the backyard, pregnant ex-wives, grooms with last-minute changes of heart, or jilted, wailing brides at the altar. Oh, what a relief. Or was it? Speaking of pregnant ex-wives, I just listened to Friday's episode, and I, as all of you, heard that Rob is not the father of little Lord Titchener. Pass the wine, please. That was all a bit of a letdown, wasn't it? I certainly hope that Rob doesn't get off this easily and that there's more to this tale. And I certainly want to hear more from Jess the Avenger. Two brief items. Lucy, I agree 100% with what you said about Shula last week, but disagree with your assessment of Brian's actions. I thought his complimenting Lillian was a lovely gesture and the nicest thing I've heard him do. So now we really need to talk about Lillian. Born on the 8th of July, two years after the end of the Second World War, that would make her nearly 68. We understand and empathize with her sadness and loneliness after Matt left her, but you know, 
Lillian has a few narcissistic traits, albeit in a fun way, not like her niece, the totally self-involved Kate. We in the field use a descriptive term called the aging narcissist. It's quite evocative, isn't it? Let me read from the blog of University of Massachusetts professor Susan Krauss Whitbourne. Her piece is entitled The Plight of the Aging Narcissist. Quote, a narcissist's desire to be the center of attention and praise can create challenges in adjusting to the passing years. Society's association between youth and beauty can leave people preoccupied with their appearance feeling vulnerable. The question is whether and how they meet this challenge. People with narcissistic personality disorder see themselves as the center of attention and crave the approval and admiration of others. Short of having a diagnosable personality disorder, however, there are many other people who have narcissistic tendencies that lead them to see themselves in a favorable light. These self-enhancing qualities can become a problem when such individuals must confront the passing of the years after their supposed prime of young adulthood. Because our society associates youth with beauty, getting older can mean loss of social standing. The aging narcissist looks in the mirror and sees a reflection of someone whose status is heading downhill. Hey, isn't that what just happened? So a message to Lillian. I understand why you had the Botox. I know several women who have, and at a much younger age, and I'm sure some men I know will have it done as well. But it was heartbreaking to hear that you had gone to a bar alone and talked to the bartender all night. You probably had a few too many G&Ts as well. This is unacceptable and you are better than that. Take your 70-year-old sister's advice and join some organizations. Do something, but no more trolling the pubs and lounges of the Midlands, please. On that note, I hope that Mr. Sean O'Connor is listening to this and every Dum Ti Dum podcast. As Lucy said so eloquently last week, we, the listeners, are a community, just like the residents of Ambridge are. We love the archers and we love Dum Ti Dum. I say free the actors and let them join us. I'm sure no state secrets will be revealed. And remember, any publicity is good publicity. So on that note, it's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis saying, our time is up. See you next week. Good boy, Angus. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Um, analysis of Lillian. Uh, yes, poor Lillian. She does need to, well, it's what we were saying last week, really, at the risk of repeating ourselves just for a change um that she's turned inwards she's just looking she thinks right the way to fix the way to fix me feeling lonely and disengaged is to concentrate more on me 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 it isn't it never is the answer is always to go off and concentrate on someone else so hopefully do some charitable work in africa or something yeah well don't just get your head out your own ass and hopefully she will go and help the Grundies because she's got a bit of record, but she's got a bit of form, hasn't she, for helping the Grundies out of uh, out of predicaments. So that would be good. Mm-hmm. Um, she just, yeah, just it's when you look at, you know, looking in doesn't help. Looking out helps, I think. Anyway, uh, yes, poor Lillian, poor poor Lillian. And I couldn't, I just couldn't. That didn't ring true to me at all. The fact that she'd go and sit in a bar and try and talk to people and they'd all. I, she just wouldn't. Uh, yeah, but Lucy, though it um, immediately it didn't ring true to me, 
she just had her whole life turned upside down. Matt had just taken her to the cleaners. You know, she's now living with a sister and a brother-in-law. Um, you know, some months But ago. I think there'd be some old git hanging around the golf club that's probably been trying to get into a tenor lady for months. So, you know, someone who's sort of... Um, you know, some but, old friend of Matt's or something, and I, she'd have just hauled someone out of the closet and said, "Right, you know, that, you're that's, wrong. that's very true. However, you could also argue that she'd be she's still somewhat embarrassed by by yeah, what's happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. Possibly. You know, yeah. and yeah. she doesn't want to have to go through the whole kind of oh, you know, this this is what happened. And he took me yeah. to cleaners, and I've got no money, and yes. blah blah blah. Yeah. You know, so uh, and also as Witherspoon said, you know, there's all this, uh, you know, narcissists can't grow old. Yeah. Did I tell you that when I turned up at, at the door, um, the first thing my mum said to me on Thursday is, why well, am I dressed like a 20-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> Narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> mm. What were you wearing? Uh, your leather kilt? My biker leather jacket and T-shirt. But I think my mum thinks that my trousers are just a little bit too, too tight. But Ooh. she said, you do suit them, son. Uh, and uh, we all oh, we did have a giggle on the doorstep, but she, <laughs> she looked, looked me up and down and said, "Why are you dressed like a twenty-year-old?" But anyway, <laughs> mm. so um, there were certain bits of Witherspoon's analysis of, uh, of Lillian. I went, "Hmm, Royfield." Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I was walking through uh, near where we live with my daughter the other day, and this uh, tall girl walked past and mm-hmm. said hi Tilly and smiled and Tilly's just started at this school and mm. I said oh she's nice what form's she in and she said mummy that's my science teacher <laughs> and I thought, oh god I don't if I could have booked myself in for Botox right then I would have done it that was horrifying but anyway anyway right that's it end of ye calls apart from Jacqueline Bertou who cannot buy a t-shirt she says yes. I don't think we need to play that because it's not massively connected with the archers the fact that Jacqueline Bertou cannot buy one of our t-shirts but why can she not why is it uh, saying I've, I've you no are idea. too foreign we've got a UKIP server you are too foreign <laughs> to buy one of the t-shirts only English people can buy t-shirts this is well, not true well that's not true because uh, we seem to sell quite a few I was going to say we send them all over the place mm. why, why does it not work in France I've no idea and Jacqueline I think what you should do is whatever the error page is that you are seeing uh, Jacqueline if you could uh, send us a screen grab of that and email me and my email address is very easy to work out it's my first name at gmail.com and I will uh, get to the bottom of it because uh, we can't have you not parading around it's in Normandy or Brittany it's one or the other she's in wasn't it yes uh, parading around uh, looking all fantastic in your Dumpy Dum t-shirt there you go Jacqueline Royfield will get to your bottom um <laughs> should we do top five hashtag the archers tweets of the week no okay because I'm feeling a bit pooped and I think I need to have a rest. Okay. So why don't we come back after a suitable period of time, maybe, I don't know, 180 seconds, and, uh, and resume with things. Okay.
Fancy getting your mouth round something warm? Something comforting you can really get a firm grip on? Why not buy a Dumpty Dum mug from the shop at dumptydum.com? Goes down lovely. Hello, I'm Sarah, and I'm the cousin of Sam Mary D, and I'll be with you in two weeks' time to talk about the archers, who we love, who we loathe, and I've got plenty to say. I'm all refreshed. Are you feeling Uh, less pooped? Did you uh, poop? (laughs) I I didn't poop, but I'm feeling less pooped. (laughs) I'm really, I'm feeling revitalised. So let's crack on uh, and have a touch of Millie and then let's do these hashtag The Archers Tweets of the Week. G'day Dumpty Dum listeners, it's Millie Bell here. We've had uh, an interesting week on Facebook. I was interested to see that uh, some of our listeners had been to an afternoon tea with Kerry Davies and Charles Collingwood at the Chipping Norton Town Hall. Um, There was a lot of uh, flurry about this on Facebook and they were able to learn that categorically that the information that we got about Rod and whether he was the father or not was absolutely correct. And so that knocks that one on the head. So the story is going to develop around that. Uh, Also connected with that, I saw that Stuart Arendale in Upstairs at the Bull uh, posted something really interesting, and that is that on uh, April the 25th, it is uh, International DNA Day. So that is almost exactly around the time when we learnt about Rob. So is that a coincidence? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, We've had uh, a lovely week of chatting on our Facebook page and uh, I really, really loved um, that when uh, Roy, no, is it Roe Ifield said that he had uh, put a new dumpty dum up, Peter Mabbott said, (laughs) my testicles shrank back inside me in fear listening to Lucy's chilling and stony oration of the open letter. Roe Ifield's nervous laughter further added to my t- testicular trauma. But well said. <laughs> I thought that was really lovely. Um, we also had a picture up of Glyn Fullerlove, who does, who has one of the best names ever, looking dashing in his men's organic t-shirt in dark. So if you'd like to see uh, how gorgeous you could look in one of our t-shirts, please get onto the Facebook page and have a look. And the question that we asked you this week was, uh, and this uh, was relating back to um, Ian and his chat with Helen, if you know something about your best friend, such as that their partner could be having an affair with someone else, should you tell them? There was a little bit of debate about this. Uh, Lynn Moore pointed out that Helen has form on this one because she knew that Tom had doubts and didn't warn Kirsty prior to the wedding. She may lose Ian too through all of this, further isolating her, which is a really good point. Uh, Katie Michelle Duhamel said probably the best thing to do is address it with the guilty party first and give them the opportunity to come clean. In reality, she'd probably just find a cabinet hiding until it's all over. Uh, Dee Leary said, I couldn't keep what Helen saw from my besties. I just couldn't. 
And that was kind of my thinking, which was one of the reasons why I asked the question. I was thinking, well, I don't know if I could do that to my best friend. Um, Mark Evidence said, depends. If it was me having the affair, no. If not, then yes. And Jan Mitchell said, you risk losing your friend if you tell, so you must really evaluate if your friend would want to hear it. That's a good point too, actually. We all know someone with their head firmly planted in the sand no matter what. Perhaps first speak to the offending party to find out if it was a one-off and they want their marriage or not. I'm going to leave the last word though with Witherspoon P. McCosh Wilson, the 35th. And he says in his usual wise and learned way, complicated in this case, as the offending party is also Helen's first cousin. And Helen doesn't know that Adam is a serial offender. Will Adam be punished for a one-time kiss when his real betrayal was a role in the hay with a Polish hottie? Is it better for the long-term health of a relationship to not reveal an indiscretion when it's a one-time slip, but not when it's a pattern? What if it's merely lust in the heart, as our oldest living former American president once admitted to? Questions for us and many Ambridge residents to ponder. See you next week. Hooroo! Thank you for that, Miss Bell. So nice to hear her like that. Like, oh, oh, prattle sounds a bit negative. Yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> it's because it's got the word prat in it. That's why. Mm. She is very rattlon. far from prat. Rattlon. Rattlon. Mm. Yes. That's less negative. Yes. Still has overtones. <laughs> Chatting on. That yes. sounds Welsh. Hmm. Talk. It's good to hear Millie talk. It's there good to go. hear Millie. Should we just leave it like that? It's good to hear Millie. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> now shut up. All right. So, Lucy. Yes. Mm, why don't you uh, hit us with some tweet stuff? Uh, Kate Jones, who said, mm. ha ha ha, just laughing at the thought of saying to my other half, I'm going into Norwich today. I'd like to tell you about it. <laughs> I agree, Kate. That was the some of the most stupid dialogue I've heard for a long time and Wait that is minute. saying something. What? What the hell? Uh, uh, that's lost on me. What's going on? Shula said to Alex, when Shula's, you know Shula's setting up this ridiculous psychological competition, if you don't do exactly, if you are not psychic and do not do exactly what I say, mm. then this gives me license to go off and do what I like. Ah, uh, and, and me with yeah, Richard. Yeah, and she was, she'd arranged this date with Richard. Mm. Her attempt at kind of telling Alistair was to say, Alistair, I will be going into Felpertum later and I'd like to tell you about it. And he just went, well, uh, okay, oh, well, yes, whatever, yes. I've got to go. And, you know, he does have a job. She's mental, Shula. She really is, round the blinking bend. You don't like it, do you? Oh, no, I don't. Um, but yes, so the idea, she said, of saying to her husband or whatever, I'm going I, into I, Norwich today. I'm like now to fully it. all caught up. Okay. It, was, it was the thing of Norwich. I thought, what's yeah. Norwich got to do with Ambridge? <laughs> <laughs> Right, uh, Kate Jones lives outside Norwich. Yeah. I get it now. Uh, Christine Michael mm. talked about David's dilemma: a night in with Ruth or greasing the forage harvester. Mm, <laughs> tough choice. <laughs> Better than a night in greasing Ruth, I would suggest. Um, Lawrence Hurahan said. Pip's going to go round the world. Yay! Pulls shirt overhead and does happy dance. <laughs> yes, there was there was a great deal of jubilation on the Twitters when she announced her cockeyed scheme to go and help. 
uh, help uh, the states modernise or whatever it was she said. Anyway, um, the invisible woman said about Rob and Helen, if there is any justice, Rob will be wearing that rhubarb crumble at some point in the next 30 seconds. <laughs> so sadly, he did not. That's, that would have been very jolly. And tweet, appropriately enough, of the week. <laughs> Ian Bradley, who said... Is it just me that thinks bird watching does not work very well on the radio? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it is, Ian. That is the great absurdity <laughs> of the whole twitching thing, though, isn't it? Yes, I know. And when he said, oh, I thought it was a chiff chaff. He said, no, I couldn't see it properly. And I'm going, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it could be a peacock. It could be an albatross. It could you could land you could land on that branch and bring the whole tree down. We can't see, but it was very funny. Mm. It's very, but very, very, very good. Right, so uh, we're done. Almost, yep. almost completely over. But before we are, we need to talk about some other stuff. So how about I play the background music, which means that we're in the final section of the show and talk about shop news. <laughs> Now, folks, this is the section where we tell you which Dumpty Dum has brought what. And why don't you join them by heading over to dumptydum.com forward slash shop to get your merch. But Lucy. Yes. This week, did you see that hunking, steaming pile of madness that was Glyn full of love in his men's organic dark t-shirt? No, I didn't. I'm going to go and find it now, though, if it's that good. No, you're mad. It's on the Twitters. I know you don't do Facebook, but it's on the Twitters now. Glyn. Don't get me wrong, right, but you look at his profile picture and he looks like a very lovely, cuddly granddad. He puts on that Dum Dee Dum t-shirt. Holy Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Whoa. He's buff. He's strong. (laughs) Seriously. I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up at all. Lucy, this man could turn me. I'm telling you, he looks so (laughs) handsome. It's like before, after, after, before. It's amazing. Look at him. Look at, he looks like your cuddly grandpa. Full head of hair, the glasses are gone. (laughs) Well, it's not going too far now. But you know, the the bald pate is very fashionable these days. So, but he looks like a cuddly grandpa. And then look at the erect madness in that t-shirt. All I've got to say, Are you sure it's a t-shirt and not the thong? <laughs> to be fair to Glyn, I think Glyn has been going down to the gym because that is just not the same person at all. But anyway, that's what a dum de dum t shirt does for you, men. If you're a middle aged man and things are flagging, get yourself one of our t shirts, you know, a dark organic one. It is the Viagra of the of the one hundred percent cotton based garment world. <laughs> Absolutely. Proof positive look at that picture. Mm. Anyway, so we actually did have some other people actually buy some stuff. Uh, so, uh, Lucy, why don't you tell us who they were? Um, yeah, sorry, I completely just Yeah, exactly. At that exactly. Susan Hardy, Tyne and Weir. We don't yet stop putting the flipping description. Susan Hardy from Tyne and Weir. Bought a t-shirt. Well done, Susan. Suzanne. Sorry, not Susan. V-neck dark no, t-shirt. <laughs> and then Lani J. Bahar from New York, New York, bought a men's fitted t-shirt 
dark and a men's tank top. So there you go. So we expect to see pictures of you folks, Suzanne and Lonnie, in your garms. It's very street that in your garms, isn't it, though? Uh, no, right. So John News. Now, hmm, there's none this week, folks. No John News this week. Which is going to disappoint Goddess Diva, who said on Twitter that John News is a new jam. That's Robinson's, I presume. Now, we don't want this section to wither and die. So, Johns, come on. Call in, tweet, Facebook, email. Your podcasting community needs you. Um, someone did say, and I've mm. just realised I haven't done the emails of the week. Um, someone did say that this was the first time they'd ever had letters after their name. Order of John Archer, OJA. So they were very excited. Can I quickly do the emails? Yes. Thank you very much. Sorry. Um, uh, Doug Font wants to know why we don't do tea towels. He said, they're the one thing I don't have enough of here. (laughs) Mm. Um, Well, I'm sorry about that, Doug. If there's anything else you're lacking, you know, let us know. We'll nip down to Waitrose and get it for you. Every week I say I'm going to do work on the shop and then I don't. I'm going to try and do work on the shop this week. Okay. Um, uh, Glenn, uh, day after, says, uh, is anyone else worried about what will happen to Clary and Eddie once Hazel spent a lot of money making their rental property? Quote, lovely. Yes? What? What's his name? Well, it's not his real name, but he's called himself Glenn Day After. Okay. Because we've got a fuller love. I know. know. You just, you never really know. You never know where you are with these Glens, do you? (laughs) Exactly. The monarch anyway. of the Glens. It, mm. Yes, and yes, we are all worried about what the hell is going to happen to Clary and Eddie once Hazel spent a lot of money making their rented property lovely because loveliness is not something that is generally associated with the Grundies. Thus, lovely cannot be for them. Mm. So they're going to get the old heave-ho, which is very sad. Catherine Jago. Royfield is right. I always dislike emails that start with the words Royfield <laughs> is right. I feel it should be banned. Uh, I am 100% in agreement with Royfield, she says. Alistair is up to something. Doesn't he claim to go to vets conferences at the weekends? Surely most of these are arranged Monday to Friday. And if Mm -hmm. memory serves correctly, he has not bought Shula either a birthday or anniversary present this year. Mm. In fact, I'm not sure he even turned up for her birthday. I think Penny Hassett is a euphemism for something or someone else. Not Mm. sure if it's gambling or another woman. Maybe Penny Hassett is somebody called Penny Hassett. You think it's gambling? It's gambling because the um, he says his vet's business is struggling, though he's always out working. Um, lack of presence, it's money, money, right. money, money with Alistair. There you go. Mm. It's all sorted. Okay. You solved the mystery. And uh, Cosmo remembered where he was when well, he remembered enough to email us anyway, <laughs> and said. Uh, Lillian was born mm. 8th of July 1947 and therefore is mm. currently 67. Jennifer Aldridge was born in 45 and is therefore 70. Good heavens. Brian is 71. You know what's kind of thrown us with this? What? It's because of uh, Rory, isn't it? The fact that... And you, yeah. We knew that Brian had Rory late in life and um, when Jen, when Jenny decided to take him on, she did say, I'm very old to be, be a mother again. But yeah. still, that's what's kind of thrown us with all of this. That, you know, we didn't quite realise exactly how old they were. We got, you know, we, we subtracted 10... Well, you wanted to subtract 20 years. I you know. You said she was just 50. Yeah. Well, well anyway. also, do you know, at the risk of, of, of 
of getting extremely dull about this. I think it's because they're sexually active as well. No, and you're right. You're Bri- right. Brian is, is, you know, Brian likes to, whether or not he's hot. He thinks he is. And he's, you know, he's always up for a bit of a, a bit of slap and tickle. And um, Jenny Darling is not so much in that sort of vein. I can imagine Jenny kind of mentally making lists for Underwoods while Brian's going at her. But um, <laughs> you kind of... <laughs> It's. Be- I think it's that. I think it's. It's because that, that she's still viewed as glamorous. Jenny is still viewed as glamorous, and uh, Brian is still viewed as sort of virile. And we are so used to, in soap operas to seeing people over the age of fifty. Right, that's it. Romantic life over. That's it. You know, you're completely right. There's a very funny episode of Parks and Rec where. Um, do you ever watch Parks and Rec? I've seen one. Did you like it? It was all right. Oh, Amy Poulter's a comic genius. You being of all the feminist persuasion, I thought you'd be right behind her. She's she's absolutely brilliant, 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 brilliant. And she plays um, uh, Miss Nopes, who is this uh, uh, civil servant apparatchik in this middling small American town, and uh, she's just very jolly hockey sticks and just wants to get things done. And she do- and there's this one episode where she decides to give. Um, sex education classes uh, through the council for the OAPs. Right. <laughs> and, they, and they all turn off these greys. <laughs> and everyone's horrified saying, oh, it's me, it looks like me grandma. Oh, my grandma, sex. Oh. <laughs> and they're all like, we still do it, young fellow. <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. But no, I think you've actually put your finger on it there. That it's because... They're not playing to uh, the kind of normal, stereotypical uh, um, trope in that, mm. uh, you know, they're, they're, they're still, vir- you know, they're still virile and attractive uh, people. So we thought they were much younger. Mm. Yeah. So I think you're spot on. I actually agree with you for once, Lucy. Yay. Yay. Back to the Johns. Oh, yes. Right. Mm. So where were we with this? I, I think it's my bit. <laughs> Okay. Uh, to qualify for the order of John Archer, you just need to be a John, and the next John will be awarded the title John the Fifth. Now, Lucy, yep. I did some research. It's called Going On to Wikipedia. Yep. Do you want to hear about some Johns? Dying to. Right. John the Fifth was a Byzantine emperor. His long reign marked the gradual dissolution of imperial power amid numerous civil wars and the continuing ascendancy of the Ottoman Turks. So he was a crap John. Right. Now, this next John needs to be more like John V of Portugal, the Portuguese Sun King who ruled during the first half of the 18th century. John V raised the prestige of Portugal. He was awesome. Excellent. Exactly. So, the next John that emails in for the Order of John Archer will be awarded the title of John V, and you're going to take after the Portuguese John V because he was most cool. Now, Reviews, news, news, news of reviews. Uh, Vicky from C in brackets, Ambridge, i.e. Cambridge. She saw fit to review us, and for that we thank you, Vicky. But please, folks, we are stuck on about 183 reviews in the UK. Just 17 more. Just get us up to 200, then I won't moan ever again. Parts of that sentence may be a lie. (laughs) 
You can also go to patreon.com, search for Dumpty Dum, and you can donate $2 a show, which is about £1.30. We would also like to thank everyone who's donated to us today by hitting that donate button on our website, because that money goes into the Royal Borgesa Bank of Dumpty Dum. Uh, so that's most awesome and you go there by going onto our website and hitting the donate button it's as simple as that so this week we'd like to thank Lani J. Bahar I've and heard that name before in this podcast <laughs> and Suzanne Hardy I've heard that name before mm. in this podcast the pair of you you're keeping us going yeah thank you for being so kind awesome and for being that little bit poorer by giving away your money to us so thank you thank you thank you now, remember, you can also send us a voice message via the site, which is, a, I'd say that's kind of the lifeblood of the show, wouldn't you, Lucy? Yes. Listen to calls? Hmm. Yep. That and me talking about Marvel superheroes are what <laughs> people tune in for every <laughs> week. And we just have to sit through your bloody monologues. I just know. then. So, oh, God, another, oh, you're going to talk for another five minutes. Oh. <laughs> Marvel superheroes, yay! <laughs> but... Please send in those voice messages because they are the lifeblood of the show. And uh, you can do that by going onto the website and hitting this button that's kind of red. And then it just like works because it's magic like that. Or you can ring us on 0203-031-3105 from an ordinary phone if you can't work website. You can also ping us a regular email message if you like. Or you can tweet me on the Twitter where I'm at Royfield. Me at Lucy V. Freeman. Or the both of us at Dumpty Dum. So please, please, please keep those reviews coming because we want to be top of the podcast chart before Daphne the Ferret takes over the chair of the Save campaign. That's very good, Lucy. The end. Mm. In it, though. In it. In it. I'm not dressed. I, I beg your pardon? I'm not dressed. I'm sitting here in my dressing gown. Mm. In your no- house coat, as the Northern yeah, Americans would my say. my house coat. Because normally you say, mm. yeah, 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 we'll do it at nine. And then I get an email at ten going, sorry, I've just woken up. <laughs> but we was. did. So I thought, ah, I'll have ages. So I was faffing no. around, sending emails and doing the dishwasher. And then you said, are you ready? And I was like, shit. So <laughs> no, Lucy, I flying up the stairs. I'm a man on a mission. Right? Are you? I, I'm going to now have uh, breakfast with my parents. and then I'm You're gonna, not, mate. I'm- they've gone. No, they're just downstairs. They're already down the waffle shop. <laughs> Listen, if they were going to the waffle shop, we would have been doing dum dum I'd have been off. I'd have been talking to myself. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go downstairs, have a little bit, a little bit of quick brekkie, then I'm going to jog around the park. Are you? I'm going to come back fighting fit, sweaty, and uh, then edit this mother jammer. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Jammer. Have you I don't just know. Made up a but, word? Uh, because I was going to say something else, and I thought, oh my yes. goodness, no, I can't say that. No, I'm British, don't you know? Yes, you know, so mm, so mama, mother jammer will have to do. So I mm. loved your dad coming in. I love the fact. I love. I love the fact that that <laughs> the fact that you said, "Do not come in. I am doing something." Just if, on children and parents, it just has no effect whatsoever. It's like <laughs> when you're on the phone. I'm on the phone. <laughs> yes, but. Do you want tea? (laughs) (laughs) Can you look at this now? No, I can't. I'm on the phone. It's it's like the generation above, generation below. It means nothing. Mm. (laughs) I am busy. Doesn't count. No. Now, (sighs) uh, um, have we got everything out of our systems? Uh, We've talked. I've talked about uh, new Dan. uh, Sorry, Danakin. He is new Dan. Uh, Danakin and a new Pips, and uh, I didn't know who the hell was going on. Um, Done Marvel superheroes. 
Um, Done the ferret. We've read mm. out some t-shirt descriptions off an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we've done a bit of Byzantine history. Oh, uh, great podcast for you folks. Uh, uh, the, oh God, my, you know, you get these days when your brain just goes. See you in dementia. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.